Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's talk a little NBA basketball for your daily assist. Brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Check them out online, leesheatac.com. Give them a call, 801-747-LEES. Out to the T-Mobile special guest line we go. T-Mobile and Sprint coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. He's our friend from the Basketball Insiders. He's Steve Kyler with us here on The Big Show. Steve, how are you? I am well, fellas. How about you? Hey, we're doing terrific. Uh, we're talking playoff basketball. I mean, what could be better? And we're talking about a series that's even at a game apiece. Give us your thoughts on what you've seen from the Jazz and the Nuggets so far. Well, I mean, boy, it probably starts with Donovan Mitchell. I mean, you think Mike Conley has to go out for the birth of a child. How's this going to go? Okay, will Utah have enough firepower and Donovan Mitchell? So sure, I do. Um, it's been impressive. I mean, uh, what he has become for that team has been, you know, absolutely amazing. And anything about just Jordan Clarkson, you know, this was a guy that I don't think anybody thought was going to be a difference maker. And not only has he been a difference maker, he's been a catalyst guy. He's been, you know, kind of everything you want in kind of a second scoring option. Um, So, you know, it's impressive for sure. Um, I wasn't sure what we were going to see from the Jazz. There were moments in these seeding games in the bubble where we're going, okay, maybe they're the team to beat, and then maybe they're not. And then I think with Denver, it was like, you know, how deep were they really going to play because they had all of those guys. And then I think you saw in game two of this series, you know, that even with all those guys, they just didn't get enough from others. You know, Jokic was good. Michael Porter was good. Uh, but, you know, you're going to need more than that. Typically in a playoff game, you need – Four guys in double figures, five guys usually get it done. Um, so we'll see what game three brings. So we, Jake and I were talking about this earlier. Do, do the Denver Nuggets have the defensive uh, firepower, wherewithal, or fortitude to slow down what, the, what Donovan Mitchell and, uh, and, and company are doing? Um, on the surface, no. Um, but again, I'll say this is they've got some really long players. They've got some very good defensive players. You know, Jeremiah Grant can be one of those guys. He wasn't um, really in the series yet. But, I mean, he's kind of a guy I look at in terms of just the ability to kind of get in your face and challenge a little bit. Um, there is just kind of, you know, there's there's kind of this core at the top, right, with the, you know, the Paul Millsaps, the Michael Porter Jr., Jokic, Murray, and then the next group of guys. This is where they're really, you know, not as good when they get into their bench. And, you know, some of it's because they're playing young guys and asking young guys to play, you know, big minutes. You know, when P.J. Dozier is kind of a guy you're leaning on to play big minutes, you know, that's a lot of inexperience. And I think this is where the Jazz kind of going through those trials and tribulations that they've gone through the last couple of years, I think they're mentally tough enough to kind of handle the ebbs and flows of playoff basketball. And I think this is where Denver is coming up a little bit shorter and, and maybe why Denver won't win the series. What have you thought about the matchup with uh, Rudy and Jokic thus far? Um, you know, the, 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 
Jokic is such an anomaly just because of, one, his ability to pass the ball, his ability to handle all the way out. But, you know, when you're trading bucket for bucket and your your guy's able to get where he wants to go and the other guy's able to get where he wants to go, you know, it's almost a little bit of a push. Um, but I think Rudy's handled, handled Jokic as well as just about anyone, you know, because he can be mobile. He can contest around the basket. But Jokic is such an anomaly in this league that, you know, they call those kind of players unicorns, right? You're seven foot. You can handle. You can shoot to the three. You can drive. You can finish with both hands and uncanny passing ability. That's a tough cover for anyone in the league. But when you think about a defensive player of the year guy in Rudy Gobert, I think that's as good a matchup as you could ask for. I don't know in the playoffs whether these series are chess matches or checkers or whatever they are, (laughs) but obviously it, it varies from game to game. Who do you give the advantage to as far as a coaching showdown between Michael Malone and Quinn Snyder? Well, I really like what I've seen out of Quinn Snyder. And again, I'm not trying to play to the Utah crowd there. I've been a big, big Quinn Snyder fan for a while. And I think he is a bit of a difference maker. You know, I think Denver's problem isn't so much the X's and O's because Michael Malone is as good as they come as well. I just don't know that the Denver Nuggets have the experience outside their core guys. And this is where Joe Ingles is a factor. This is where Royce O'Neal's a factor. This is where Jordan Clarkson's a factor. You know, these are guys that have been around the block a little bit. They understand how to play their role. They understand how to be really effective in their role and they're your x-factor players and i think quinn's really good at getting a lot out of x-factor players when you think about who joe ingles really is you know undrafted guy that bounced around nobody thought he had a chance 32 years old doesn't look like the athlete and he's crazy effective in that team and not only being able to score if you if you leave him uncovered but an amazing passer and the ability to just move the basketball around and create chaos and I think those types of players give a coach such the ability to say it doesn't have to be this guy this way where you're having to go to your number one or number two option you know Quinn's been very good at getting a lot out of his bench and players you just don't expect that are going to up and play big. Steve Kyler from Basketball Insiders with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, looking around the rest of the league, Steve, uh, we talked to you a couple of weeks ago and uh, about, of course, the tier of favorites, right? And, and most folks out there would think the Lakers, Clippers, and Bucks were the, you know, kind of the, the three favorites by far. They've all lost a playoff game so far, uh, Steve. Is, are any one of those clubs vulnerable or is this just kind of uh, they'll be fine? I do think uh, they'll be fine, but I do think that there's a reality, right, that, you know, the Lakers have not shot the ball well in Orlando. They haven't from the moment they got there. Uh, On the flip side, Portland has, and Damian Lillard, boy, has he been special. You know, so if you're not playing your best game and the other team is playing above their head, meeting about Orlando beating um, Milwaukee, you know, Nikola Vukovic, I mean, he's been an all-star, but who saw that coming? Um, and again, with guys like James Ennis and you know Gary Clark in the starting lineup, that's just not a lineup you think is going to win a basketball game, let alone a playoff game. But again, when you're playing 20% above your ability and the other team's playing 
percent below their ability now you get winnable upsets and i think portland took advantage of game one i don't know that they'll get game two but we'll find out uh, a little bit later um but orlando i think that one was the big surprise because you know i thought of all of the teams that were sitting kind of in the chalk position milwaukee would be the one that could pick up in right where they left off and that has not been the case in the bubble i don't think Orlando's going to win the series but they sure made it interesting if we press you on it, which one of those favorites do you think is most likely to lose? Um, the Lakers, I think, probably have at least the recipe in front of them. You've got this red-hot Portland team that's got two superstars, and certainly Carmelo Anthony's been resurgent for them. They've got size and Nurkic. They can bring size from the bench that really can kind of cause problems for Anthony Davis. And then the fact that they don't have any shooting on the floor to speak of, you know, the fact that they haven't figured out how to get, you know, Dion Waiters going or find, figure out a way to kind of get Kyle Kuzma going a little bit, that it really is kind of LeBron and AD, if those guys can't shoot the basketball and they can't find a three-point shot from anybody, that's a recipe for disaster for the Lakers because Portland's been good and they're going to just come at you. And they're playing on borrowed time. I think they get it. You know, you've given them a sense of, of they could win, and now you got to deal with that. So unless the Lakers come out and really push them around physically, it wouldn't surprise me if we come out of tonight with the Lakers down 0-2. You know, Steve, I like the way you said that because sometimes teams sense open opportunities and they gain something that they didn't have before as the thing moves forward. I've seen that happen numerous times. Yeah, you know, it's the concept, and also on the other side of that, right, getting tight. Like, when you start hitting shots, the basket is big. You talk to shooters that go, you know, 10 to 15 from three, and they're like, the basket felt like an ocean. You talk to guys that went one for 15, and they're like, it felt like it was, you know, threading a needle. You know, there's pressure in this, and I think the advantages, like, you know, trying to go into L.A. and winning in front of that crowd and looking over your shoulder and seeing the banners and all the distractions that come with being in L.A. for a week. You don't have that at Disney World. So some of the advantages go away. You're not sleeping in your own bed. You know, some players really do thrive off the crowd, and they're not getting that with the virtual. Um, Can your bench be your source of energy like it's been for Portland? So there's just a whole lot of factors that go into it. But, you know, I tell people a lot, the difference between good and great usually isn't talent. It's your ability to manage the situation and not get too caught up and stay confident in what you do. And when you start to get doubt, Doubt in a playoff game usually means the end of the series. Steve, what's on the line for Brent Brown in Philadelphia? Does he need to win to keep his gig, or does he get a pass because Ben Simmons is out? No, I think he's done regardless. Um, you know, you can't have as much talent, money spent. You know, Elton Brand went all in on this roster. I don't think ownership is ready to give up on Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. So the only way they're going to make a substantive change is at coaching. You know, Brett Brown is kind of a holdover now of what are we, three general managers? <laughs> um, it, it's been pretty crazy. And I do think that Elton Brand's going to make a change. Um, you know, look, barring something silly, like they run all the way to the conference finals. I mean, that could probably save him but I think Brett Brown's tenure in Philly's probably over regardless of the outcome just because there's been so much time and then you start to run into when does Joel Embiid say I can't win here like Anthony Davis when does Ben Simmons say I no longer buy in and that's where the the Sixers really are when you kind of get 
where you're supposed to be one of those teams that goes deep and you don't, um, then you start to go, guys just don't believe in what you're doing, and that becomes a very bad downward spiral. So I do think Brett Brown's going to be the next one out. Steve, what do you think of the the, the, the move in the NBA, the emphasis on the three-point shot? Uh, obviously, like Jerry Sloan used to say, didn't mind people taking those shots as long as they made them. But do you think this is uh, the way we're – is this going to continue uh, the momentum in this direction where deep shooters are going to be highly valued and that's going to be the strategy of these teams? Yeah, you know, modern NBA basketball is either a three-point shot or a drive to the basket. The mid-range is all but dead, and the math shows you it's not good basketball. It just isn't. Um, you know, the fact that you've got, you know, routinely now, you know, when when Jerry was coaching, you know, a 40% three-point shooter was kind of a bit of an aberration. Now you've got... 10 or 15 players in the NBA that can easily go 40% from three. Now you're seeing these crazy deep threes from Steph Curry and, and Trey Young and certainly Damian Lillard. We're pulling up from the logo and you're dropping it in and it changes the game. It means you've got to defend out past the three-point line. Now you're opening up the middle where again brings value to having a big that one can catch and finish and move in traffic pick and roll basketball is back it's no longer isolation you want to get your bigs in a roll situation and let them roll and see if you can pull the three so i don't think it's going anywhere you know i i have started coaching aau basketball over the last couple of years so i go to a lot of coaching clinics and some really smart guys will tell you that this is how you win in, in modern basketball is having elite level three-point shooting and getting up a ton of them and you see what Houston's doing you know Houston's trying to get up 53s a game you know if they don't get 53s they had a subpar day and you know think about that I remind people Larry Bird we call him the, one of the greatest shooters ever his average was like 4.33s a game you know Steph Curry is over 13 so I don't think it's going to change until the results change and when I can shoot you out of the building that's the better way to win um, and it's also durable three-point shooting is durable those guys last longer Steve we always appreciate it when you have a few minutes for us thank you very much for jumping on hey fellas anytime be well Back at you. Our friend Steve Kyler from Basketball Insiders with us here on the big show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Gordon, uh, some news here. Mike Conley, the Jazz have released an injury report, and he is probable for tomorrow's game. Uh, so I, from how I understood it, that they just needed to get that final test result back before the game. So I don't know how they could uh, – I don't know what would change to make that probable, probable and not a full go. Yeah. But anyway, probable. So there you go. Did he stub his toe on the way into the uh, to, you know to see the baby or what? What, what, what would well? What I don't would think he's cause actually, some. What's that? I don't think he's actually injured. There, Gordon. Oh, okay. All right. I think That's he's just fun. on the report because there's a doubt he's going to play because that that final test had to clear. So, I, I guess probable means they are confident they'll get it in time. <laughs> Oh, I'm such a literalist, aren't I? You are a bit of a literalist. As long as he doesn't uh, sneeze, cough, or sweat between now and (laughs) tip-off. Yes, okay. Well, that's... Well, uh, you know, however it is, he he controls his own destiny. (laughs) Well, here we go. Here we go. (laughs) He he might be on fire in game three. We'll have to wait and see. Go ahead. 
go ahead, Gordon. I know. I know you can't help yourself. Go no, ahead. no, no. I'm going to let it be. You're going to let it be? You're going to let it just sit there? I'm going to follow the advice of Mother Mary and let it be. Okay. All right. You know, because I like it when I can control my own destiny. You know, a destiny <laughs> that's out of control, is, is that's a frustrating event. Just keep piling it on. It's so fine. You're, you're I'm just, not going to go for it? Not take gonna, take another swing. Good. It's all right. Uh, I would guess we see Mike Conley tomorrow, and I think that that's, that's going to give this Jazz team a boost. You know, Donovan Mitchell, uh, we talked a lot about uh, him scoring 57, and did they waste a 57-point performance? But, I mean, the the truth is he can't do that every game. So he's got to have help. He's got to have more production uh, from other guys. And he got some other guys going in game two, but he needs all the help he can get. And uh, having another ball handler, as long as he and Joe Ingles don't overlap, which they've done a pretty good job of, of not doing, and then Donovan takes control when the, the, the time, you know, the moment matters the most, you know, that that could be a rep- recipe for some success. And I, I think, you know, if he can, if, if Mike Conley can be 20 and eight, like he was at times during the seeding games, I mean, man, that is, that would be such a lift. How much do you put? Uh, how much weight do you put into that? The whole idea of you don't want duplication on the floor at the same time. For instance, some people might say, "What if Clarkson was on the floor with uh, Donovan Mitchell over long periods of time? Would they would they get in each other's way because they do a, some of the same things?" Do you buy into that or what? Yes, yes, I do. And sometimes someone's skill set is more useful at certain times during the game than others. You know, I down the stretch, Donovan Mitchell is going to have the ball in his hands, right? So Jordan Clarkson, not being the strongest defender, you know, might not be as useful as he would be otherwise. I mean, I certainly think at critical points during the game, you know, the ball is going to be in his hands. Call him the point guard or whatever, you know, positionless basketball, but it's, it's going to be his show. Uh-huh. And it should be. He's the best player on the team. He's he's proven that he can be successful in that role at the most critical time of the biggest games. So, you know, you, you build the rest of your lineup off of that on who's going to complement that. And maybe it's it's the Jordan Clarkson is on the floor because you need his gravity as a shooter to pull defenders away from Donovan Mitchell or to hit an open shot if they double. You know, but you've got to know – You've got to know who's going to play that role when it matters the most and what everybody else's role has to be. I'll, I'll give you a non-jazz-related uh, overlap. Why I didn't think, and of course I like to highlight things I'm right about, I didn't think Al Horford would be a good fit with Philadelphia because I thought there's a ton of overlap there. Yeah. Because one, uh-huh. ben, ben Simmons can't shoot, so you can guard him with a big. And then you have uh, Al Horford and Joel Embiid, whose games overlap greatly. And then you have to wedge Harris in there somewhere. It's like you've got all the, the three of the same player, and then Ben Simmons, who's unique and going to do nothing but call attention to those three players. Yeah. So I think overlapping has certainly affected that roster. But And it has the Jazz with their ball handlers at times. But I think one thing Mike Conley did during the break was he he took a step back and figured out, okay, what, a, what role can I fill? Because I'm not the guy anymore. But I can be the guy of the guy or the guy at times. But got to acquiesce to the big dog that, that is Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, that makes total sense. 
Did I just suck all the air out of the room? I feel like I just talked for 20 minutes. Gordon, you still no, there? No, uh, you no, I asked, you you with I, me? <laughs> I, asked, I asked you the question. I wanted the answer. It wasn't one of those deals. You ever been around somebody who asks questions and then doesn't listen for the answer? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been there. I wouldn't blame you on that one, though. I, I felt like I got going. I no, apologize. I liked it. I, I, I was very thorough. That was good. <laughs> okay. All right, we're live here at the warehouse. Hey, uh, (laughs) coming up next, Gordon, the Pac-12 has has made a hire. And we'll tell you who they've hired and uh, what direction maybe uh, Pac-12 football is going. We'll get to that coming up next. But we are live here at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West, here in Salt Lake, their new Salt Lake location. Of course, we can't forget about uh, the good folks in Orem, 86 East, University Parkway. If we forgot about Clayton and Vidal... We can't do that. It's my brother. He tried to kick my butt, but he's old. He might fall if he tries. I don't know. He looks, you know, like uh, like he has that gritty, you know, old man strength going for Cowboy. Him. Yeah, right. He thinks he's a cowboy. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> sneaky tough. Yeah, you know, he was 15 when I was born, but we've been really close. He was my best man at my wedding. Wow. So we've been close. So go see Clayton. Say hello. Go see Clayton and Norm, and let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to do a Gordon blow your mind grand opening. Deal. Okay, oh, let's boy. do it. Here we go. You like our boom prices because our boom prices are typically the best price in town. We're typically 20 to 50% off. I'm going to do today, tomorrow, Saturday only. So we've got some grand opening deals. So this would be anything except these advertised special take another 20% off. Wow. Mm-hmm. So how do you like this thing? It, this is wonderful. This couch I'm sitting on right now, it, it has the recliner I noticed. Very you're, comfortable. You're hiding the ticket. Yeah, yeah. So this is uh, reclining, uh, really cute kind of designer gray, uh, gray piping, yeah. dark, dark gray sides, yeah. double recliner. It's marked 879 Take 20% off of that. But this piece is 1599 at our competitors down the street. It's made by one of the best manufacturers called Parker House. If you haven't heard of Parker House, go check out Parker House online. This is going to be probably 1700 bucks. Wow. We're eight seventy nine. Take 20 off just because Gordon... I'm here. Did we lose? I think it's Did just we you lose and me, Jake? Gordon, all of a sudden. Wow. I was so I was so intent on listening to what was being <laughs> said there that I all of a sudden poof. It was it was we were about to get a big old boom from Tom. We'll have to get it on the other side. So stay tuned. We'll get the, the details of the grand opening. Eighteen twenty five South, three hundred West at the warehouse there in Salt Lake. Gordon. Sounds good to me. Wait on those pins and those needles. We'll be right back. <laughs>
Welcome back. It is the big show. Gordon Monson here. Jake is out at the warehouse, and uh, apparently we had some sort of uh, glitch in the system, so we'll get reconnected with them. In the meantime, uh, everybody's curious to know where the Jazz are after tying up the series with Denver at one game apiece. And Rudy Gobert was available to the media. Uh, and why don't we give that a listen? We'll uh, open up questions with Chris and Kenny, Jazz TV. Hey, Rudy, you guys are really clicking, playing so well. If Mike Conley can join tomorrow, what is he going to add to where you guys are at right now? I mean, Mike Conley is a, he's a very good basketball player and uh, he's a great leader. You know, so he, he can only bring some positive. Uh, he has a lot of experience. He knows how to create for himself and for his, for his teammates. So it's it can only be a plus for our team. And we're excited to have him back. We'll try Sarah Todd Desert News. Maybe more than against maybe a different team, um, when you're rebounding, often you you can't be right there next to the glass and crashing the board like you are. Sometimes you're drawn out by Jokic. So how does that change how you're rebounding? I mean, no matter what, uh, even if I'm contesting a shot, testing a, a three, I, I need to go back in there to help my teammates. You know, it's really a... You know, a point of emphasis for our team, especially with the way they, they crash the balls and the way my guys have been fighting. Uh, I need to go back out there and, uh, and make sure I get those long rebounds. And, you know, uh, I really feel like we've been doing a great job and we got to keep it, we got to keep it going. Uh, next is Chris Mannix, Sports Illustrated, who's there with you. The, um, the, when you see, you know, you have a matchup with Jokic uh, in this series. You even saw Boban play well for the Mavericks last night. In the last couple of years, have you seen maybe centers start to become more important with teams, or is it still kind of the same? They've always been important. You know, I don't know where the narrative came from, maybe because of the Warriors and because they were so successful, you know, doing what they do. But uh, the center has always been very important in basketball. And, uh, and it shows every day that it's probably going to be that way for a while, you know, whether it's defensively or offensively. Um, you know, the rim is the – everyone wants to get to the rim in basketball. And everyone wants to make sure that the other team doesn't get to the rim. So, you know, having a, a, someone that can put a lot of pressure on the rim offensively and that can protect that rim defensively, I think is key in basketball. Jokic is a tough matchup, but do you like when you see, you know, another guy seven foot plus, you know, coming up against you? Is that at all fun I for mean, you? Jokic is an, uh, an amazing player. You know, it's uh, it's great to be able to to have guys like that that you know do what they do for their team and uh, you know and like, what, like I said, you know, it shows that you know when you have guys like Jokic and be you know all these guys. Uh, uh, you know, I don't know where the narrative comes from, but it's very important. Every, posi every position matters, but uh, the center, I think, is really a key position in basketball. All right, we'll try, we'll try Ben Anderson again. Hey, thanks, Danny. Uh, I know you're not looking at that matchup as one-on-one -on -one with Nicola, but what did that sequence at the end of the first half where you got the block – what did that do for you? What did that do for the team? It seems like it carried a lot of momentum into half. Uh, you know, no matter, no matter what I do, I really try to uh, 
bring out the best for my teammates. And I really felt like that game, when you look at the video and, and the photos, you know, I, I really feel like it sparked uh, something in my teammates. And you know, forget the block, forget the, the highlight or whatever, but I really, I really love the way, you know, the whole team, the whole bench uh, reacted to that. Not just that block, but that defensive sequence for the team. And I think that's the mindset we need to have, you know, for the whole playoffs. You know, it's really something that, uh, as a leader, I try to, you know, uh, uh, translate to my teammates. And uh, and it's been great, you know, to 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 see how it fuels them, you know, when uh, when plays like that happen. Uh, Eric Walton, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Rudy, just getting back to Mike, you, you've said on a couple of occasions now, it's only positives with him coming back. Can you speak more specifically to just how the game changes with him in there? You know, um, you guys kind of swerved by going with Jawan starting in place of him in games one and two. What does it change on your end, and how do you expect that to impact uh, how Denver reacts just by having Mike back in there more? It's another big weapon on our side. You know, uh, Jawan's been amazing. Uh, you know, for the two the two stars that that he had with us. But uh, Mike is a, of course, is a different kind of player. He's a he's a, he's a point guard and uh, just his experience, uh, his poise, and his talent. Uh, you know, it's uh, something that uh, can only make the team better. And, you know, and throughout the whole uh, bubble experience, the whole the, the, the eight games that we had, Mike has been playing the best basketball I've, I've seen him play. You know, and he, I really feel like he's in a great place. And, uh, you know, I, I think it can only be a positive for, for us to have him back. Uh, David Locke, Jazz Radio. Uh, Rudy, I, from my understanding is once you got recovered from COVID, you really dug into your game. You have that gym at home and, and you really, really worked. What were the things that you specifically worked on in that time once you got, you know, got healthy again? Uh, and are you noticing those on the floor right now? The, the most important thing was to get my mind and my body right. And, uh, you know, I really tried to do some things that uh, – would help me feel feel good, you know, physically and uh, and mentally. Like yoga, I did a lot of boxing, uh, you know. And then I want to start to do basketball workout workouts again. I always try to improve my, you know, my my, my touch, uh, my free throws, and, and all that kind of stuff. You know, be able to finish through contact uh, and to read the defense. You know be able to get into my, my, my spots and get into my moves uh, and be uh, more, even more of a force offensively. You know, I think that was the main thing. And, um, you know, I feel like I'm getting more and more comfortable out there. Hi, Rudy. Last question is from Lucas Nepo Lucino from Cafe Belgrado in Brazil. Uh, hi, Rudy. In a normal series, you would be going home now with the split do you feel that the Jazz are in control of the series? You lost in overtime, then you won in a great fashion. Do you feel that the Jazz are the better team so far in the series? Oh, you said, do I feel that like the Jazz are the best team? <laughs> what, is that what I didn't hear very well? I'm sorry. Uh, do you feel that the Jazz are the better team so far in the series? I think Denver is a very good team. Uh, obviously, when you look at the, the 
predictions from the experts, uh, no, no one has the, the Jazz winning. So they must be Denver must be the better team. But you know, it's all about uh, for us. It's all about getting there, out there, compete, play as a team, and uh, and do it every single possession and every night. You know, and if we keep doing that, you know, we we see what happens. All right, there you go. That was media availability from Rudy Gobert here on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. A couple of technical difficulties here from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West, but uh, I believe we're dialed in. Gordon, can you hear me? Did somebody cut a wire? Uh, no, I, I don't know exactly what happened, but uh, oh. we're, we're, back up and, we're back up and rolling. So I have a question for you real quick. You heard uh, Rudy Gobert there. He was asked whether he, he thought Utah was the better team, and he said, when you look at the predictions from the experts, Denver must be the better team. <laughs> Do you think he was being sarcastic? Rudy? No, I think that's, that's vintage Rudy. That's that's put a chip on my shoulder. Nobody believes in me, Rudy Gobert. That's exactly what that is. But there's no good way to answer the question that he was asked. Uh, so I I think he went the right direction. Because what is he going to do? Say, yeah, I think we're the better team. And then all of a sudden he's putting bulletin board material out there for the Nuggets. And, you know, Rudy, it's not like he's going to say we are the worst team. So he's going to uh, pin it on the so-called experts, which I'm sure he's got uh, each one of them by name memorized. <laughs> And going to go out and prove them wrong, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I just wondered. All right, we'll get to the the Pac-12 football news uh, coming up uh, a little bit uh, later on in the show. They've made a a hire for uh, somebody to oversee uh, football, which, of course, is becoming more and more important by the uh, the passing years. So we'll get into that uh, coming up a little later on in the show. Coming up next, we have Austin's List. Of course, if you're new to uh, the feature, Austin's List, Austin uh, gets aggravated with uh, many people out there in the world. And uh, if you make the list, you're in big trouble. Didn't I make the list for some reason earlier in the week? Oh, yeah, because yes, I was because you said with, things you don't really believe. Because I was fine with them throwing at the at Tatis for uh, disrespecting them. But going after Gordon for liking fighting in hockey. Well, yeah, because fist fighting is dumb. All the, the what's-his-name did for the Rangers was is buzz the tower. Oh, yeah, yeah. Throw a weapon, essentially, at someone's oh, head. A weapon. Come on. Come on. As I've said 5,000 times before, <laughs> the game needs to be policed, and the referees cannot pick up everything. Well, how's and that if, different for baseball, then? It's just different. Hockey <laughs> is different. I don't know how just to describe different. it to you. you. See, here's the thing. You have to have had to play the game. Oh, <laughs> oh my. Okay. <laughs> I've always wanted to say that. I'm sure you have. All right, come see us. We're at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Uh, their brand new Salt Lake location. It is beautiful. So drop on by and see us and uh, check out furniture with prices so low. It'll blow your mind. The warehouse. Uh, more Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. The tradition begins with the airing of grievances. Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. We'll have to get into this in the 4 o'clock hour. Uh, Gordon, you gave... Tyson a homework assignment earlier in the show and he's come through for you. Oh, I think already? I think he's just enabling you personally, but uh, What do you yeah. mean? So no, no, we'll he's a to... man. No, he's a man with the answers. 
We'll have to pass those that. answers along uh, a little bit later on in the show. Uh, but, uh-huh. no, I think enabling is, is more the word I'm going for. We're, <laughs> we're live at the warehouse, their new Salt Lake location, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low to blow your mind. We'll talk to Tom coming up here momentarily. But it is time for Austin's list. Who's making the list today, Austin? Today's list includes uh, Cincinnati Reds longtime broadcaster, national broadcaster Tom Brenneman. Mm. And you've probably heard by now, and I don't need to, I'm not going to replay the, the slur, obviously, that he used, but not knowing or not realizing or not being told, whatever, that his mic was live on the Reds pregame show, uh, he used a homoflo- homophobic slur and then continued into the Reds uh, pregame show and then decided to issue an apology. I ha- I obviously already have a major big time issue with these s- slang words, the- these slurs, these uh, un- unforgivable comments continuing to be made in our society. I absolutely cannot stand for that. Uh, I- I- but I also have a problem with how he handled his apology. Now tell me, after I play this, if you think I'm going a little over the top on Tom Brenneman here. I made a comment earlier tonight that um, I guess uh, went out over the air that I am deeply ashamed of. If I have hurt anyone out there, I can't tell you how much I say from the bottom of my heart, I'm so very, very sorry. I pride myself and think of myself as a, a man of faith, as there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. And so that'll make it a 4 nothing ball game. I don't know if I'm going to be putting on this headset again. I don't know if it's going to be for the Reds. I don't know if it's going to be for my bosses at Fox. I want to apologize for the people who signed my paycheck for the Reds, for Fox Sports Ohio, for the people I work with, for anybody that I've offended here tonight. I can't begin to tell you how deeply sorry I am. That is not who I am uh, and never has been. And I'd like to think maybe I could have some people that, uh, that could back that up. I am very, very sorry, and I beg for your forgiveness. Jim Dale, take you the rest of the way home. Okay, so I've got a problem, obviously, with him saying it in the first place. Then I have a problem with a lot of his apology, and this is just off his cuff. Off, There's no PR team didn't write this for him, and so I give him some points for that. But he starts it with, if I have hurt anybody, eh, strike one. He then continues to do play-by-play in the middle of his apology because that matters to him in that in that moment for some reason he asks for pity because he says i don't know if i'll ever put this headset on again he then repeats if i have offended anybody yes you have offended people and then he says this is not who i am nor have nor who i have ever been i never have been this guy then why would you say that word in the way you said it at all why would that ever come from your mouth? And whoever, really who's going to be on this list is I think Tom Brenneman needs to lose his job. He can say he's sorry. He can mean that he's sorry. But we in 2020 have got to stop letting people use slurs and derogatory terms and racist comments and getting away with it. I love, and not to make this about the Morgan Scally situation, but I, I love Morgan Scally. He made a mistake that if I made, I'm done. Tom Brenneman made a mistake that if I make it, I'm done. I think we need to be done with the double standards and draw a line in the sand and say you cannot keep your job when you do A, B, and C. Sorry. End of story. 
Is it okay to find it funny that he did the home run call in the middle there? <laughs> Is it okay to laugh at that? I'm not disagreeing with anything you said, Austin. That it, it just says a lot about him. He's in the middle of this supposedly passionate apology, and he's like, "And that's going to be a home run." <laughs> but but is <laughs> I mean, what a horribly timed but, but, home run to begin I, with, I, I and then, then that, he would acknowledge it. Oh, isn't that, isn't that his responsibility as a play-by-play guy to let the let the listener know what? But a home run actually happened. Not after he uses a slur and is apologizing for it. Uh, if I uh, use that slur and then today said, uh, I am so deeply sorry, by the way, we need to do the action plumbing line or, uh, for using that slur. <laughs> That's what he just did. He's not sorry. He's worried about the home run. <laughs> Can we get in that action plumbing line? Oh, and a home run. What a, yeah, that's, oh man. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But in answer to your question too, Gordon, he was also on TV, not the radio. So, you know, if you're watching, you can can kind of see the home run. Uh But he breaks it. So very sorry. And a home run. Uh, They're over the... uh, the left field wall, and uh, back to my apology. Uh, I got to admit, I did. I did laugh at that. I thought, not not laughing at the situation, but laughing that he interrupted that for a home run call. So, do uh, you do you agree with uh, Austin that he should lose his job? Um, sure. Why not? Um, I I I mean, action, hot mic. We he wouldn't be the first uh, uh, broadcaster we've seen to fall victim to the hot mic. So. Uh, yeah, what he said was inappropriate. What okay. do you think, Gordon? What are you, you you're calling for his job? I, I don't think I've, I'm trying to remember whether I've ever called for anybody's job. But, uh, but Austin is, is saying truth when, when, when this stuff is allowed to happen, uh, then, then I, I think it's, uh, it's not a good symbol for society as a whole. So I'll keep my eye on that and see uh, what the decision ends up being. But he, he knew when he said, I don't know if I'll ever put this headset on again. I think at that point in time, he knew the gravity of what had taken place. And a home run. All right. Uh, joining us now, we are live from the warehouse, the new Salt Lake City location, 1825 South, 300 West. If you're familiar with the old warehouse location, we're just up uh, the road north. What uh, Tom? Block and a half. Block and a half right across from Costco. And and the zone van's right out front, but the signage is beautiful. You absolutely can't miss it. Can't miss it, and uh, we're going to take care of you. We just had a... Uh, she actually came over yesterday because we put the sign up yesterday, and she was at the door. We weren't open. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We let her in. Why not? We let her in, and she walked around. She says, "Wow, I love this sectional. What's the deal? It's this one behind you. Uh-huh. Look at this, Jake. Oh, beautiful. Because we're going to talk at this this thing right here. Oh, that thing's awesome. This is made in America, and right now that's really important. Big deal. And so this is new. We've never done this before. This is customizable. We can make it bigger. We can make it smaller. And look at these colors. So you can choose from any one of these colors. Wow. So this is like custom furniture. That's amazing. And then you have pillow choices. Right. So there's like uh, nine colors 
to choose from. And then pillow choices, there's like six pillow choices. So there's an accent pillow. So you could do this body with this pillow or this body with this pillow. You're going to get what you want. And it's not three grand like your typical. We can do that sectional, customized for whatever you need, made in Utah, made in USA, 1099. You're kidding. Can for you that believe, beautiful can piece you of believe furniture? That? No. Absolutely not. So we we are we are taking a step up here at the new Salt Lake store. It's going to be available in Orem as well. It, w- it won't be in Orem until next Monday because we got it special today because we're doing this little pre-grand opening. But we also want to guarantee you, we are one of the oldest dealers of Ashley Furniture. And Ashley Furniture are quoting people 12 to 16 weeks right now if you went to the quote-unquote home store. Come and see us. I'm going to be the best price in town. But not only will I beat their price, but I'm going to get you a real delivery date that's faster than they are. Awesome. Whatever you need. But don't forget, we have the Sofa Love Seat Special, three colors. It's in stock. You can have it in your house tomorrow, Five ninety nine. Unbelievable. Great deals. Got to come see it for yourself, 1825 South, 300 West, right here in Salt Lake City. And, of course, don't forget about Orem, 86 East, University Parkway. Go by and uh, say hello to Clayton and the crew down there. We'll have more Big Show coming up next. A little What's Going On straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.